stated, excuse me, I've often stated that as I read Luke 12 in that particular account, I've often said as I look at it and read it, it sounds like the American dream, does it not? I'm going to work, get my money, sit back and sit and enjoy the rest of my life in ease. <clears throat> That's the response to that. <laughs> you're a fool. If that's your life that you're living, if thinking that I am going to work. Seen a commercial that just came out, seen it several times now. I don't remember which financial company it's representing or what's involved in it. But basically, it's, that's the message that they're bringing forth. I've got all my finances laid up. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay my house off in so many years, and then I'm going to retire at 61, and so on and so forth. You're a fool. You do not know what tomorrow may bring. And we're reminded here as we go through the parable that we can get caught up in forgetting that whatever it is that we have, whatever it is that we are able to achieve, Whatever it is that we are able to do is not because of us, but because of God. When we can remember that, things work a lot better along the way. He failed to give God as a source of blessings within his life. We go over to the book of Acts in chapter 14. It doesn't seem to be too long ago that this print was big enough to read without glasses. But that day seems to have gone by. Acts chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. Paul is responding and he said, Why are you doing these things? We also are men of the same nature as you, and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness, and that he did good, gave us rain, which we're getting now, rain from heaven, fruitful, se <coughs> fruitful seasons, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> filling our hearts with food and gladness. Do we not know? It is God who rules the world. <clears throat> Do we not know that I need a lozenger? Thank you. <clears throat> Do we not know that God rules supreme? It's His world, He has a purpose. He has a plan. 
that we may not fully see or fully understand. But we have a, or need to, have an absolute trust in who he is and what he is doing and how he is doing it. The farmer said, look what I have done. As you read through there, you can notice the personal pronoun and how many times it is used. These are my crops. Really? These are my goods. And here is what I am going to do with all that I have. I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And I'm going to say to my soul, sit back and take your ease and enjoy life. And that's where the response from God comes in. You are a fool. Not a term that is often used within Scripture. But it is used here. And again, as I stated as I began, as we look at this parable, it sounds like the American dream. We've got it worked down exactly how long we need to work. We've got it worked out to how much we need to make so that we can take our ease and enjoy life. And we forget. We may not have tomorrow. Tonight your soul is required of you. And then who shall all these things be? And we've been around long enough to know whose all these things shall be. They go to the Knicks of Ken who don't, do not want them and they put them up in an auction sale and they go to the highest bidder who's always trying to get it for the lowest price. But what did matter is what was forgotten and that is the eternal soul. We have but one go-round in this life. And there are some lessons that we need to learn. First is, give glory to God. Give Him His due glory for the physical blessings that we enjoy. And how often do we forget those physical blessings? I would dare say there's not a one of us. If we had our brothers, would not rather still have some of those physical blessings. Called spouses, called fathers, called mothers, called grandmothers and grandfathers. How many of us have fond memories of where we grew up? In many of those cases, those places no longer exist. You travel around some countries down in the Boot Hill, Missouri, for one, as well as anywhere else, and what you will see is farmhouse after farmhouse that has been abandoned for 50 or 60 years, just fallen to pieces, no longer standing. 
talked to those who've been farmers down there, and they recall their childhood, uh, their dad building a house. We talked a little bit about foundations in the Bible class, but their dad would build a house. And when he got it built, he looked at it and he said, that's not exactly where I want it to be. So he put a logging chain around the house, hooked it up to the tractor, and pulled it to where he wanted it to be. The kids not thought nothing of that until years later. Realized, how firm was that house? You know, what's all, what kind of foundation did it? it didn't have when it had a dirt floor? But how many of us need to realize the blessings that we do have right now? The physical blessings. And how many realize right now the spiritual blessings that are ours? You have that eternal soul that will never die. And you have the opportunity to have that eternal soul be eternally blessed with a home in heaven. That is based upon decisions that you make now. Based upon how you view things you see now. We do live in the world, so we have to live in the world. But we need to understand that this world, indeed, is not home. Scriptures have been given to us as those remind us down through us in time. James reminds us in James 1 verse 17 that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Do we understand that every good and perfect gift comes from God? Are we thankful for what he's blessed us with and what he's given to us? Back in Daniel chapter 5, King Belshazzar told of him in Daniel 5, 27, you've been weighed in the balances and you've been found wanting. Weighed in the balances. We try to take that, if you will, to another illustration. We want to believe that I've got good deeds in this hand and bad deeds in this hand and I want the balance to, you know, come out this way and not go this way but what about this eternal soul is that going to be weighed in the balance is that eternal soul going to be able to say I trusted my heavenly father with my very being and my very essence I have no doubts in my mind that my life that I live today, striving to live it to the glory of God, will result in an eternal home with him in heaven, not by my righteousness, but by the grace and the mercy of God that he will provide. The American dream is also found over in James 4 and verses 13 through 16. <clears throat> Here's what we're going to do. 
Never heard that one before, have you? Here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> we're going to go into a certain city. We're going to stay there a year. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're going to make what? We're going to make money. And we're going to be able to take it easy. How do you know? How do you know? Isn't that what all the commercials or financial institutions are saying to you? You know, we're involved in all of that, yes. Putting money aside so that one day it's going to make money, so that when you're ready to retire, it's going to be there to provide you an income. How do we know? That we're going to have tomorrow. What is your soul? James said, but a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. How do you know? How do you know that this vapor of your life is not going to be gone in an instant? Then who shall all these things be within our life? Give glory to God. Second, use what God has given you to gain spiritual increase. He's given you talents. He's given you capabilities. He's allowed you to do things that you may have not thought you'd been able to do physically, mentally, and even spiritually. Use what God has given to you. We know, we know the application from the physical body. You use what you have or what? You're going to lose it. You do not exercise, you're going to lose the muscle. You're going to lose it. You have to use what you've been given. That applies physically, and it applies spiritually. When Jesus gave the parable of the talents, there was not one listed there that had zero talents. Had five talents, two talents, one talent. There wasn't one there that said, he doesn't have any talents at all. It's not there. We all have a talent. We all have a capability. We all have an area of service. It may not be in the same degree or in the same prominence as does another. That's not the point. The point is God gave you individually a talent or two or three or five. You use what you have and guess what? They multiply. They grow. We know that physically. You're doing things today that you couldn't have done 35, 40 years ago. Now, some of you may not have been around 40 years ago. <clears throat> See, you couldn't do them either. <laughs> but <clears throat> we've all changed. We've all grown. We've all been able to do things that we haven't been able to do before. I like it when Doug's here. I can use that electrician story on him. You know, it took him a while to get to where he is today. 
And I'm sure that maybe somewhere down the line, he, I know I do, I have some screwdrivers <clears throat> that have some end of the bit burned off. Well, my philosophy now is that <clears throat> if I don't find a breaker for it, I can turn off the whole system. <laughs> and then I can work on it. There was a time, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was trying to had a breaker box and it had some empty slots in there and I wanted to fill those in. I had adding my mother-in-law was moving in with us and building a room for her. So I needed those slots filled in. <clears throat> God works. <laughs> he sent a friend of ours down that we hadn't seen in years who was a licensed electrician. And I told him what my situation was. He said, well, I can take care of that. I said, I'm hoping you can take care of that. You get it out of the box. And I can take it from there, but get it out of the box. I'm not going into that box. And he did. But I'm saying, we are to use what God has given to us. You will never know, nor would you ever want to know, but you will never know What's your prayers to God on behalf of this congregation, on behalf of the members of this congregation? You will never know what your prayers have done. There's no way for you to know. Use what God has given to you. You will never, <clears throat> never know those kind words what they mean. But they mean something. What those kind deeds mean to others. It's always a joy and always a privilege when a plate of warm brownies show up on your doorstep where it's been a hit and run I'm simply saying there are the deeds that you do that you do not realize the impact that they have on the lives of others. God has given you talents. You are expected to use these talents that they indeed may grow. What he gives, he gives where it's pressed down Overflowing in abundance. How rich have our lives been because we are the children of the living God. How rich has our life been? How many blessings have we received? How many times have we been privileged to know that at any time there's somebody you can call and say, I'm down. I'm hurting. Need that cheerful voice. What does that mean? Don't be like the fool who says, I have my crops. I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger barns for my crops. They're not his to begin with. God is the one who gave the increase in those crops. 
Third, and maybe most importantly, need to learn that grievous sin of covetousness. The Lord began that lesson with the admonition, Beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Luke 12 and verse 15. It's grievous. It destroys. It destroys relationships. It destroys individuals. It destroys a society. I want. I want. I deserve. It's mine. I have the right. And we have forgotten whose world we live in. We've forgotten who sustains this world. We've forgotten who has given breath to our bodies. We have forgotten who gives us abilities. And we have forgotten one day there's a day of reckoning. And what type of reckoning will that be? Those who have done good, Scripture says, are going to tell the Lord, when did we serve you? When did we do these things that you're talking about? And he's going to say, when you did them to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. That applies throughout our life. When you've done it unto the least of these, his people, you've done it unto the Lord. Will we avail ourselves of those opportunities? We're being challenged. We're being challenged to build a solid foundation and then to grow from it. We're being challenged to use what God has given to us. The question is, will we, will we accept the challenge? And will we do what indeed would be found pleasing in the eyes of God. Jesus reminds us in Luke 13 and verse 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You need to read from verse 1 down. That section of scripture, it's hard to read. I don't know about you. It's hard to read. Jesus, after the supper, taking up a towel, girding himself, taking that basin of water, and began to wash the feet of the disciples. You need to know the history. You need to know what should have been done so that Jesus did not have to do that. You need to know the history of those that he sent to make preparation. 
in that upper room of what they had failed to provide for the one to wash the feet. Because their thoughts was on who is the greatest. And the greatest, and the greatest of all, wash the feet of all the disciples. Here's your example. The rich farmer or the greatest master of all and the greatest servant of all because he, he came to serve you that you might serve him eternally. What choice are you making in your life? Each choice that you make has consequences. How are you doing? Will Jesus find us watching, waiting, waiting for the Lord to come? Are we anticipating that? Are we looking forward to that? Is that our longing, our ambition? It needs to be. If our, excuse me, if our life is not where it needs to be, and we need to make a change within our life, we need to commit our lives to God, renew that life in Him once again, whatever that need may be. If you need to respond to that invitation, if we could assist you, if we could help you, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.